The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce. We are live at Rivers Casino in Philadelphia. Joe, rookie training camp starts on Thursday. The main training camp will follow suit. So before we start talking about the daily happenings of the team throughout the grind of a season, we're going to finish one more off-season Flyers Talk podcast our last podcast, we looked at the three flyers with the most to prove this season. Today, on this podcast, we are going to look at the three flyers with the most to potentially lose this season. So, Joe, let's start with number three for you. Who is it and why? So, this one's going to be a little probably unexpected, and it's not a slight on this guy. It's more a, a compliment to what he did last season on a team that didn't have a ton of guys that stood out. Owen Tippett stood out maybe above all of them. And part of that is because he was the main return in the Claude Giroux trade. Um, but I don't think any of us expected the output from Owen Tippett that he had last year. And that's why I'm going to say that he is my third guy for the most to lose because when you have that output, all of a sudden there's a standard to be set. And uh, to borrow the, uh, a Jalen Hurts cliche, uh, the standard is the standard. And it becomes that when you have a season like Owen Tippett had last year. And now it's now he has to live up to it, I'll say, because this team is going to have him, while they're still in the middle of a rebuild, they're going to have him in a spot where they're going to be relying on him as, him to score. And score like he did last year, and maybe even more. And he has put that, you know, that tape is out there. We can see what he did last year. His numbers are out there. Um, but this is going to be a full season of teams being aware of what he's capable of, perhaps playing him different, putting, you know, matching up lines when coaches can differently when you have a guy like Tippett out there. So he, has to he'll have to adjust and I'm anxious to see how he does it so when I say that he is the my third you know one of my guys to with the most to lose it's not saying it's not anything against his game it's more of living up to the standard that he himself set last season by arguably being this team's best offensive player last year. I don't actually, maybe it's not even arguable because Konechny missed some time and Tippett really was the guy, the go-to guy with scoring last season. And now he has to do it again. I mean, it's uh, uh pro sports or what have you done for me lately business. And so he has to go out and do it again, not saying he can't, but 
it's a challenge. I think it'll be a challenge. John Tortorella says once they see it, uh, they want to see more. And that's probably uh, the case with Owen Tippett. And he's yeah, it's not like here. the coaching staff and training camp is going to say, oh, you know, it's OK if you go back to 15 goals and right. kind of um, your middle of the lineup play. No, they're going to say, how much better can you be? Right. So it's not only can you do the same, but how much better can you be than last year? And I think that's a challenge. And, you know, the way Tip had talked last year about how he got coached hard early in the season and then he kind of took it as a challenge and that he attributed a lot of his success to that. I think this is a player that is welcoming those sorts of challenges. So I don't have any doubts that he will, but it is a challenge. Yeah, it's, so, it'll be very really interesting to just to see what's the next step for him. Like, how much better can he be? Um, is is it going to plateau, or can he can he take his ceiling even higher? And he's in a contract year too. He makes only one point five million right now, and uh, he'll be a restricted free agent after this upcoming season. So, yeah, he could be in for quite a payday, and he could in- increase that payday if he has an even bigger year. So, I think in house, Joe, a lot of people are hoping Tippett um, is a key cornerstone to this rebuild. I think they felt like they saw it last year and he's still young enough where he can be one of the guys to maybe be uh, pushing this thing forward. Uh, Joe, I have maybe a little bit of a lesser name, a little more under the radar, but I think the time's starting to tick a little bit on him. And I have Igor Zamula at number three for me. Um, I feel like the Flyers have not babied him, but they've been very patient with him. He was an undrafted kid. Um, signed, you know, out of development camp, uh, going into the main camp. Um, I believe it was development camp or it was rookie camp. I think he may have gotten an invite. Then he signed his deal. But anyway, undrafted product, really skinny, really raw. But uh, he's 23 now, and he's on a one-year deal. And there are some defensemen now uh, with the Flyers that are pushing. Uh, So I think the competition has gotten better around Zamula. And I, I think they're going to start looking at him to maybe prove himself as almost a regular. Um, I, I don't think he had the best year last year. Uh, he opened the season with the Flyers. I don't think he had the best season with Lehigh Valley. There's still some upside there, but I think expectations are starting to to raise for him and are starting to rise for him, excuse me. And you have guys now like Emil Andre, Ronnie Adder, uh, Adam Jenning, uh, Helge Granz, who they got in the trade uh, with Provorov. So you're starting to see more young defensemen push and push and get closer to maybe rolls with the Flyers. So I think it's time for Zamula really to answer the bell and either solidify himself as a regular or not. Uh, so I think he's got a good bit to lose. And especially when he's just on a one-year deal, uh, I think there's a lot to prove there and potentially a lot to lose uh, if he doesn't start kind of realizing his potential. Yeah, I uh, you mentioned just to use Emil Andre as one of I mean, this is a player who the Flyers drafted, and they're clearly liking the way he's developing. Um, So some guys are not going to be part of this based on others that are developing. And you mentioned it. You know, he kind of needs to take that step and and not leave the question of whether or not he's an NHL player in any of this coaching staff's mind. And, you know, that leads me into my number two, Perfect. who's in the same situation, not not the exact same, but 
really the the same sort of mindset, and that's um, Tanner Lazinski. This is a this is a guy who I feel like we've heard about and we heard about much like Zamula. You hear his name, you see little spurts of couple games here, a couple games there. I think the Flyers need to see something from him that says he's an NHL player, not an AHL player. And I don't I think that line is very blurred right now with him. You could make the case with Zamula as well. And therefore, I think this is a year as you move further in this rebuild, they need to decipher who the NHL guys are and who they aren't and you know heading into next offseason and what they need to bring in. And I think Tanner Lazinski is one of those guys where we've heard John Tortorella talk about him with the idea of this potential, but we've seen it in all sports. Guys that have potential don't always live up to it. And this is a guy I think starts to, again, needs to put, he needs to lessen any doubt in in the coaching staff's mind that he's an NHL player as opposed to AHL player. And I think this is the year that has to start and he needs to make a, make a big statement, much like you're saying Zamula does, um, because they need to, I'm going to go back to what John Tortorella said all last year. And I think that was about, most of the time he was referring to a roster that he inherited. They need to decide who's going to be part of this and who isn't. So now I think after you've kind of taken off the layer of, of inherited roster players, now you need to decide who in your, in your ranks, who are your prospects, who, which of those guys are going to be part of this. And I think Lazinski is in the middle of that mix. Zamula is in the, in that mix Um, so these guys definitely have a lot to lose. I I mean, it's, these are defining moments in these, these guys' careers. Yeah, absolutely. I think crossroads for sure for some of these players, Lezinski, absolutely. Um, sometimes, you know, like you see these guys that are four-year college kids, they're, Lezinski's 26 now. He's not a kid anymore. And, and you're getting to the point where like their ELCs are coming up and it's like, okay you're either staying with the organization that drafted you or you're starting to fight for your career in terms of where you go next. Do you have to go to a new organization, play in the AHL, work your way up? Yeah, definitely crossroad uh, moments here. And Lazinski's a really good one. Just battled injuries last year. He's battled injuries a lot in his career. And the Flyers really heightened the competition for him. But when they got Hathaway, they got Paling. Uh, like the forward group, in terms of like the bottom six, they have a lot of like bottom six quality guys now. Yeah. Um, that are going to make it tough for Lazinski to try to crack the lineup. I like, I really like him. I think he works hard. He's a good guy. Um, I mean, he's got. We've seen video of some dazzling moves. Yeah, down with the Phantoms. Yep. It's just staying healthy and, you know, carving out whether or not he has what it takes to, sus- like, sustain an NHL career, a yeah. tenure, and. um as you said, the competition is is steep, and every organization likes their own players. But I said this a few years ago about Travis Sanheim, and it was for a different reason. But you get to that 25, 26 area, you start ha- you have to shave shave the um, label of being a young guy with potential. It's time to stop being the young guy and realize the potential, or don't. Yeah. And Lazinski's right there to me. 
And to be clear, Lazinski's not on his ELC anymore, but he's on a contract that's you know small. It's two years. He makes almost, it's basically a prove it type, is, is right? A prove it deal, right? He makes you know pretty much league minimum for the most part, uh, just about. Uh, so you know he, he's not established yet, and he's got to either establish himself here, or it could get to a point where yeah, the Flyers start looking elsewhere and and kind of let him let him walk and maybe continue his career elsewhere. Uh, but yeah, he'll be competing for sure with, you know, the, the guys that we mentioned uh, to try to grab a spot, see games and, and prove himself to Tortorella. Catch all the sports action and more at Rivers Casino, Philadelphia, whether it's the money line or the pass line, there's something for everyone, including a great sports book. Rivers Casino, Philadelphia, Philly loves a winner. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Joe, my number two is a guy in just a, an eerily similar spot to Lazinski, and that's Wade Allison, four-year college kid um, who really is at a crossroads, I think, uh, with the Flyers. Uh, he's in a contract year. He's 25 years old, and he's definitely, I think, still trying to establish himself as a full-time NHLer. Um, I definitely don't think John Tortorella is sold on him yet. Uh, he challenged Wade Allison constantly last year, and I think the organization is still trying to figure out if he's going to be a part of this or if he isn't. Uh, as we all know, the book on Wade Allison is he needs to stay healthy. He played 60 games last year, so I thought that was a start. I actually thought that was positive. Uh, he did miss time, but 60 games is 60 games. Uh, it's more than half a season, and that was really his first full crack at the NHL. So I thought 60 was a start, but he's got to get to a to an area where he's there every day. There's no worries about him health-wise. He's playing smart. Uh, he's being effective with some of his strengths, some of that you know, bottom six motor, but that top six kind of skill and shot, uh, but very much improve it mode. And I think there's a ton to lose if if he can't stay healthy and if he's not doing the things John Tortorella likes. Um, yeah, it's fair to wonder where he goes and if, if he stays in Philadelphia and if he's going to be a fit here or if the organization decides they have some younger kids that can play a role that he does, you know, for cheaper and for younger. So uh, he'll be a restricted free agent after this upcoming season. So there's team control there, but uh, still just a very a, a very big year, in my opinion, with Wade Allison. That's why he's my number second for uh, most to lose, potentially. And moving forward, your number two is my number one. There we go. And, and Wade Allison. So um, a couple things with him. You mentioned the younger guys, and it's all, but it's also the guys like Hathaway and Paling and the veterans that, that are – they're not bringing guys like Hathaway and Paling in to not be on the team necessarily i mean nobody goes out and signs a guy that's in their 30s and says well maybe this guy will make the team that's not really what you do that for so the forward group and particularly the bottom six as you mentioned that's a crowded group and that's a group that's going to be dwindled down during camp and really you know the best being available is the number one trait and it's also the number one deficiency with Wade Allison over the past few years. Um, and then you you watch the way he plays, and at times I feel like he gets himself in trouble by the areas that he gets himself on the ice and the position. For example, he's a, a good good at carrying the puck. But many times last year you would see him carry the puck deep in the zone and then pass the puck back out toward the point, and he would leave himself vulnerable to get take huge hits in the corner, mm-hmm. which, of course, lead to injuries. Um, 
when he came up a few years ago and scored all those goals, he would score them in and around the net. And I'm not, he doesn't exactly have the build to be a guy standing in front of the net, taking a beating. And that's where some of the other stuff has to come into play. And that other stuff is the stuff that he has to show this season to me. He has to, as you said, establish that a full-time NHL role and that he's here for the long haul and that he can play both ends of the ice. Um, Because we heard John Tortorella frustration with him at times last year. Um, I think it was with all those different things. You know, he made that comment. I, I forget what month it was, but he made the comment about something to the fact that he's never out there. Yeah. Just referring to the fact that something's always going on health wise. And nobody's knocking hard play. There's a fine line to walk between hard play and 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 good play because hard play can lead to injuries if you're not doing it in the right way. And I feel like that's where Wade Allison has got himself in trouble. I mean, everyone in this town likes a guy that's going to stick his face right in the crease and be in there and and scoring those goals in there and taking cross checks in the back and getting buried into the net while scoring goals. But that's a player with that size of Wade Allison that's not going to be able to play a full season. Yeah. He's just not. I mean, you know, I think we talked about this on a previous podcast. A GM like Danny Briere should know playing at an undersized role. You can't stand, you can't be below the the goal line taking beatings around the boards nonstop. You're just not going to be able to play a full NHL season when you're, and, and, to be clear, weight is bigger than Danny was, but size equaling the style of play, there's nobody better to, to determine that than Danny Briere. And I think that is where Wade Allison has to fine-tune some of his skills so that he doesn't have to take monster hits to make plays. Yeah. Um, so you're number two, he's my number one. Yeah for a guy with the most to lose this year, because this is a, this is a, a year where if he doesn't have a good camp, he could not make the team this year. Yeah. So I definitely think he has the most to lose. I think he'll be fighting with Garnet Hathaway for playing time and, and, you know, spots in the lineup, third line, fourth line. And then you have, you know, wingers kind of like Tyson Forrester and Elliot Desnoyers. Desnoyers can play center or winger uh, and Forrester, obviously, does something that Wade Allison does. He shoots the puck. Right. And these are guys, those two guys you just mentioned that the organization's very high on. Right. We hear, we heard Tortorella talking about them last year when they weren't even in the NHL. He's sending guys like Forrester down to the minors so they can play in playoff games and get that big game experience. He knows he wants that guy on the team. Yeah. Wade Allison's job in camp and whatever opportunities he gets this year is to make Tortorella know that he wants him on the team because I'm not, he doesn't know that yet. It's clear. And And that's why he's on both of our lists. Yeah, no, exactly. (laughs) I, I, we, we thought for sure he is clear cut a guy with potentially the most to lose. And we know with John Tortorella, it's a two way street. Like you got to, you have to be able to be trusted defensively and play the right way. And then he'll give you some freedom offensively. 
I think that's the case with Wade Allison. He he plays hard. He goes all out. He's a power forward type. But they talked last year about sometimes they were working on angling with him and making sure when he's going all out, he's not taking himself out of the play right. as a result. And the angling and taking him that's the stuff I described earlier right. about just, you know, leaving himself facing toward the middle of the ice against the boards. You're just in the most vulnerable spot you could possibly be in other than, you know, having your back turned to a guy that's coming to drill you. Right. I mean, because this is this is self-inflicted. That's you know, you're, you're leaving yourself open there. So the angling and that sort of stuff, that that's the kind of stuff that has to be worked on, especially for a player that is, has battled injuries. It's not like he's been completely healthy and we're saying, well, if he keeps playing this way, he's going to get hurt. He's already been hurt. And a number of times. And, and it's not like it's, I mean, he had the ankle thing a couple of years ago. That wasn't seemed like a major injury, but it's more of like the nagging things and it keeps you out two or three games here. And then it keeps you out four games there that chips away at your reliability as a player. And that is the stuff that Tortorella noticed last year. And we could tell his frustration by based on some of the things he said. And Allison's a fun kid to watch. Uh, I think early on he was getting compared to your colleague, Scott Hartnell. Uh, and that's a good comparison because he plays with some flair, some moxie. And I think it's fun uh to watch him in a spot like this where he's going to be maybe counted out or, you know, his back's going to be up against the wall. I think it'll be fun to watch in camp, fun to watch in the preseason. And, uh, you know, he definitely, I think, knows deep down that uh, he has to win a job here and uh, that the time is now. Uh, Joe, my number one is a pretty big name. We've heard his name a ton this offseason, plays the most important position. I'm going with Carter Hart uh, for many reasons. Um, one, he's in a contract year. He'll be a restricted free agent. After this upcoming season, he makes a little under $4 million right now. So could he earn himself a big payday? What does his new deal look like? Uh, can he really take a massive step and look like one of the better goalies in the league? I don't think he's done that yet. I think his name is, is well known around the league, but I don't think he's in that upper echelon of goalies yet. And if he can get there, then, boy, he could be in for a payday, and the Flyers could have a big decision in terms of how much they pay him or – if he's a trade asset for their rebuild, just how how steep is this rebuild for the Flyers? As we all know, his name was floated around in trade rumors this year. He's 25 years old, so he's not just a kid anymore. He's starting to hit that prime age, and I think the Flyers are going to have a big decision on do they keep Carter Hart, uh, do they commit to him, or is he their best trade asset to really kind of put this rebuild into a, a, another gear? Um, so for me, Carter Hart, I think, has potentially the most to lose because I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to play well. And really, he's going to have to make a decision, I think, for the organization about where he stands in this rebuild, this kind of weird transition phase for the Flyers. I still think he can be a franchise goalie. I still think he's awfully important here. Um, but I do think the time is now for Hart really to prove it. Um, and we'll see where it goes. I'm not going to speculate too much on the – the Hockey Canada investigation, the league has a private investigation into that 2018 World Junior team that was accused, uh, had a number of players accused of sexual assault. We have no idea if Hart will be involved, but that investigation is ongoing and we're going to wait and see uh, if Hart was involved at all and he'll face any punishment from the league. But long story short, Hart's name has been out there in the offseason a ton. So I think the pressure is on him now to, to really show 
you know, if he's a part of this moving forward. And another reason the pressure is on him is because the coach clearly likes Samuel Harrison. Yeah. Who they gave a new deal to, and he's going to be the backup. But we heard John Tortorella talk about Samuel Harrison in glowing terms several times last year. So now that could be, maybe that was to motivate Carter Hart. Um, I'm not sure that at this level you need to do that to motivate a player, but um, somewhere you could be thinking the Flyers maybe are starting to feel like they have another option if Hart is not in their plans going forward. Because the other thing you have to start to figure out too is you mentioned he's 25. He's not just a kid anymore. By the time this team is ready to contend, how old is Carter Hart and how many years does he have left? This is another, this is a goalie who we've seen him battle little nagging injuries here. Uh, I think every season he's been in the league. Um, Now you have to take into consideration that the COVID season, the season after it, that was less games than normal. He hasn't had a real normal start to his career, but he is another guy that has to, he has to say without a doubt, I am the franchise goalie. And when I say, I mean, let his play do the talking. Um, And the time is now for him because um, as you said, you're getting to that point where contract year, these are, these are turning points in, in guys' careers. And this is definitely one. And, and I'm, I'm only talking about what's going on on the ice. The other stuff, the same could be said for that. But I'm talking about on the ice. This is a big turning point in Carter Hart's career this season here. And the reason why I feel like this season can be so telling for Hart is because it's such – the Flyers are definitely in an unknown phase. They're either going to take a step and get better – and realize maybe the rebuild's picking up a little bit, or I think they're going to take a step back and realize, like, no, we need to continue to retool this roster. We need to continue to get younger. Uh, in order to do that, you know, you got to shed some pieces. I think you're going to see either or. And if they take a step forward, then maybe Carter Hart's a big part of that, and then maybe they realize they're going to be contending a little bit sooner than maybe people thought. Or they're taking a step back, and Hart is looking more and more like maybe he doesn't fit their timeline. And what's the best way to take a step back? It's to use your you know, your best assets to to trade and 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 get future centric assets uh, in return. And Hart would be that without a doubt. So I think it's a big year for him. And the Flyers are no longer supporting him with a veteran backup like that. That's history. They used to do that, you know, with Brian Elliott, Martin Jones. Like they're no longer doing that. He's becoming more of the guy, and they're getting young guys behind them, which, like you said, Joe, fuels the competition and maybe thinks and maybe makes you think the Flyers are you know, grooming some guys for potentially life without Carter Hart. Right. I mean, up until this point in his career, it's been Carter Hart and other guys. Right. And it's clear. I feel like that line's getting a little blurred. Yeah. Um, Not necessarily who the starter is this year, but maybe who who's the goalie of the future for this team. I feel like that's starting, starting to get a little blurred as compared to what it was for the last three to four years. Yep. Um, everybody knew, and I'm not sure that answer is so clear anymore. Carter Hart, a big name in Philadelphia per usual. Goaltender in Philadelphia, <laughs> a big topic per usual, Joe. 
Uh, we'll have it all covered as uh, rookie camp is just about here. Training camp, not far in the distance. Uh, so the season is getting here, Joe. And we're going to have it all covered right here on the Flyers Talk podcast. Joe, thank you so much. As always, great seeing you, great chatting with you. A big thank you to Ben Barry, our podcast producer and guru, for always being flexible with our time. And Flyers fans, of course, as always, thank you so much for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen. And we can't wait to talk to you next time. Thank <laughs> you.